You're listening to All the Backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host, Patricia Elsie Tuttle, Miss Backlist if you're nasty. This is episode 112, and today I'm going to talk about a couple great titles that I'm super excited about. Today's All the Backlist is sponsored by Every Boy I Ever Kissed by Nelwyn Lampert. Sex was supposed to be fun, liberating, and empowering for a girl who'd been brought up thinking that the battle for sexual equality had been won. But for Nelwyn Lampert, losing her virginity would turn out to be anything but simple. Whether she was being confronted with porn-induced erectile dysfunction or other crises of masculinity, nothing went according to plan. Nelwyn had to learn to navigate the realities of sexual liberation, female empowerment, and masculinity all on her own. Every Boy I Ever Kissed blends memoir with personal essay to create a personal and well-researched narrative style. The author offers insights to and cultural critique on the sex lives of millennial women. Nelwyn Lampert's lifestyle blog was named one of three emerging Canadian lifestyle blogs to watch by the Tug Agency in 2015. Hi everyone, I am so excited to be back sharing more great backlist books with you. Um, it's kind of wild because I get to pick any backlist books and so I want to pick every backlist book and so it's really hard to narrow it down to two every other week but you know I'm doing my best. So I thought for this week, my theme would be God's Behaving Badly. Um, actually, I do think that was a title of a book that I'm not going to talk about um, that maybe came out in the early 2000s. I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I realized like I read a lot of books about uh, gods and uh, recurrences of gods and gods of um imaginary cultures and um they're they're always behaving uh badly um to put it lightly and uh some might say we create the gods in our own image it's me i'm some um and so let's see so for my first pick i'm going back to volume 1 of the wicked and the divine which is a comic that just within the past couple of weeks, I believe, um, it the series ended. So um, not all of the trades are out yet, but all of the issues are out. So it is something where you can pick up volume one and you can then continue and read through the whole thing. I know some people like to read comics um, once all of the comics are out. So... Volume one, uh, let's see. The idea is that every 90 years, 12 gods come back to Earth as young people. And we don't know which gods they are going to be. There is one person who's not quite a god. Her name is Ananke, and she goes around telling which young person they are a god. You know, they. she says that she sees the god in them and then they turn into this god. And what happens, at least in this recurrence, is each of the god becomes a music star. And their concerts are wild because at their concerts, they don't really sing um, except for maybe Tara, which <laughs> you'll learn about when you read the book. Um they don't really sing, they perform miracles. So each concert is a, 
like they're performing as a musician performs and each concert is a holy experience like people pass out people see visions and so each of the gods has like this really big fan base and this particular volume we learn about a main character named Laura and she is obsessed with the pantheon um, of the gods that has come back. And at the beginning of this, not all 12 gods have come back. It's just started. So there are a few gods. And Laura goes to all the concerts. This does take place centrally in London. This is London-based. And uh, let's see. We have Lucifer. We have Odin or Woden. Sakmet, Baal, there are a few gods. They're mostly in their teens or early 20s, maybe that's pushing it. And although Minerva is about 12, and if I didn't mention it, these gods come back to Earth and they perform and they're loved and they're hated and then they die two years later. So they also know like if they, if this person turns into a god, they know they won't be alive for more than two years. So it's really, really like well-crafted, really strong character building. And, you know, there's Lucifer and you love her, but also you feel bad for loving her because she's awful and you're supposed to hate her, but also she's smoking hot. So, you know, what do you do? And this book is just I bought the first two volumes when they came out a few years ago and I started reading it as issues and I've been a rabid fan since 2015 maybe. And um, it also creates like there's some amazing cosplays out there of Wicked and Divine characters. So I really, really recommend picking this up. I actually learned a lot about other mythologies that I hadn't known before. And so, hey, you could learn something too. And uh, so this is by um, Kieran Gillen, Jamie McElvey, Matthew Wilson, and Clayton Cowles. And Kieran McGillen and Jamie McElvey, I believe, also did Phonograph, but I'll have to check my notes on that. And I haven't read that one yet, but it's on my list. The next book I want to talk about is The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms by N.K. Jemisin. This book is the first in a trilogy, and this was, I believe, her first novel. Uh, she had written short stories before that, but this was her, her breakout novel, and it is phenomenal. It is, it is one of those books that... As soon as I read the first one, I had to read the second one, and then I had to read the third one, and luckily they're all out, and I just lost myself in them entirely. The world building is absolutely bonkers. It's one of those trilogies where you can just dive into the book and lose track of time and space, and all of a sudden you've been reading for three hours, and I definitely got book hangovers from each of the books in this trilogy. But we'll start with The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms. So our 
one of our main characters, our main character that we're following for this first book. Her name is Yene, and she is from the part of the world called Dar, and that is up in the, quote, barbarian north. Um, and she was called to the palace called Sky, which is built, like, like thousands of feet in the air on a steeple, and it's this giant palace, and it's called Sky because of that. And then all of the city below it is called Shadow because it lives in Sky's shadow. And so the ruling class are the Aramari. And Yene, even though she is Dar and like a warrior, her mother, Kenneth, was Aramari and she lived in Sky. So Kenneth has a mysterious death, and Jakarta, who is the ruler of everywhere, and also Yene's grandfather, summons her to Sky. So Yene is, like, cool. She's an outsider, but she wants to try to learn more about her mother's death. Meanwhile, Jakarta has her come to Sky because he has named her one of his heirs. Meanwhile, his other, like, children are also heirs, so they're just going to kind of have to duke it out. So the other fascinating element about this, going back to my theme about gods, is that there was many years prior, hundreds of years prior, there was a god's war, and the one god won, and that's who the Aramari follow. And the other gods have been taken as slaves and playthings and um, just prisoners of the Aramari. And they live in Sky, and they keep them bound, and they use them basically as their weapons to keep the rest of the world in check. So... One of the things is that the Aramari are immune to being attacked by these gods. So Yena gets there and she has to get this certain mark that makes it so that the gods can't attack her because they only attack outsiders, as it were. And one of the gods, his name is Nahadoth, um, he is kind of docile. I don't want to say docile. He's more like beaten down during the day, but at night he is an absolute monster apparently. So everyone also needs to stay in their rooms and stay away from him um, after the sun has set because when the moon is out, that's when he gets his power. And it's so good. And there are so many different storylines intertwining and, like, there's so many unexpected twists and turns that, again, I would just sit and read and not realize I'd been reading for, like, three hours past my bedtime kind of thing. One of the things that I absolutely love about this book is that the main character, Yene, is a strong character and she's not strong because she survived sexual assault or she survived some kind of trauma that made her strong. You know, you don't know how strong someone is 
they're like a bag of tea if you put them in hot water, etc. And it's not that. She didn't have to have any kind of past traumas to be strong. She just is strong. And actually the whole group of people she's from, the women are the warriors and they believe that the men are too soft and too sensitive and they need to be protected and take care of and taken care of and the men are the one who um stay and raise the children while the women go off to war and it just flips everything on its head in a way that is not contrived in a way that is not um kitschy or I don't know it just it just feels right, and it's so, so good. I highly recommend The Hundred Thousand Kingdoms and the rest of the Inheritance Trilogy by N.K. Jemison. So that's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you to our sponsor, Every Boy I Ever Kissed by Nelwyn Lampert. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to show us some love, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter, Litzy, and Instagram at The Infofile, as in the lover of information. I'll be back in two weeks to share more backlist picks. Have a great weekend, drink some water, and happy reading. (laughs) 